Hey everyone, it is Audrey Freeman here with another episode of Sportive AF. Now, I am so excited for today's guest. We have the beautiful Amy Harris. She is a principal artist of the Australian Ballet and has some incredible advice and such an incredible journey and I really hope you guys enjoy. Now, before we get started, Sportive AF has just announced a special treat for all of you guys to thank you for building this amazing community and also for the successful launch we had of the exclusive club range. Now, if you buy sweatpants and a sweatshirt, we will also be giving you a free logo t-shirt. Okay, guys, let's get right into it. Thank you so, so much, Amy, for coming on today. I am so happy and grateful to have you on. And yeah, I hope you've been having a good morning so far. Yeah, it's been a great morning. We're here in Sydney on tour for the first time. I think it's been about 15 months, someone said. So, you know, it's um, it was quite a year for everyone and especially those of us in the arts last year. But um, it it is all starting to feel a little bit more normal, um, you know, and you kind of pinch yourself to be here at the Sydney Opera House and on stage with an audience and doing what we love again. So very grateful, had a good morning and here I am chatting with you finally. Well, I no, I was so excited. It honestly feels like we've been lining it up <laughs> for like six Not months, but I'm so happy we've finally got it. I'm so happy. We got there. We got there. <laughs> it always comes together. <laughs> That's right. So I can't believe, I couldn't believe you guys are on tour. So what's that kind of day in a life been like? Has it been different to your typical tour because of COVID? No, like oddly, it's been kind of back into that normal routine. Obviously, there's um, restrictions and rules in place with the Opera House, but um, I think it's kind of like everywhere, you know, you check in and make sure, you know, if you're not well, you know, you don't come in, all of that kind of stuff is still in place. But um, yeah, it's, it's very much where we kind of picked up from what, 2019, oh so it feels good, you know, it, and I guess we kind of came up here like everyone going, you know, it's a bit unknown as to how things are going to go moving forward, but it feels really good to kind of have, you know, that regular structure back, daily class rehearsals and then the show at night and um, to have audiences and wow. hear applause again and, you know, like that live theatre where we're back. Wow. How was that first moment you were on stage post all of this? COVID and uncertainty what was that like oh, well you know what it's like you know you work towards a performance every day that's why we do what we do you know and so we were actually lucky enough to perform four shows in Melbourne at the Margaret Court Arena and you know that's not our normal but it was amazing to be able to have so many people in in you know that big arena style yeah. um so it was magic actually. And, um, you know, I think full of emotions, there was emotions of being back. There was the nervous kind of feel. It was like you were teary cause you were so happy, but you were also just like, you know, so it was, it was full of emotions, but, um, mostly just really grateful. You know, I think everyone who's been in, in this ballet world and in the arts and, um, you know, you don't take things for granted, but, you know, we're so used to being in such a routine and doing what we do. And when that was kind of pulled out from underneath us all around the world, we all had to adapt and some people are still adapting, you know, doing it in, in their little square apartments and um, it's not what we're used to and not why we do it. So it was a tough kind of time but um to feel like 
that is really behind us now and slowly and baby steps we're moving forward again to what we once knew so we're celebrating (laughs) definitely definitely and I feel like even I mean Australia we are so lucky but I feel like even overseas like they're slowly seeing the light at the end of the tunnel like the vaccines are coming out like you know as you said baby steps it's all kind of that's right and I some sort of a reality (laughs) Absolutely. And that's what it's about, isn't it? Just those baby steps and everyone still being careful and being, you know, like very safe in the way that they do things. And I I think it's great. The good thing about social media is you can see, you know, companies around the world announcing their new seasons and that as a performer and an artist, a dancer, you know, you get so excited for that because it means they're slowly going to have you know, what we've had, you know, so I'm excited for them. I was so excited to see that the Royal had announced their, you know, their schedule and they're hopefully hitting the stage soon. So I'm really feeling for them and I'm, I'm so excited. Yes. And I feel like that's so true. It's like, there's almost like a whole renewed, like excitement, I think within the arts and whether we needed that or not, I feel like it's really come back stronger and like, absolutely. And like, even I was talking to some people I knew in London, like when they kind of went back to normality for that short, like three weeks, it was like so exciting. And like, like everyone had this like renewed passion. And I feel like even though COVID has like taken that out, it's kind of put it back in, like put more life into it. So yeah yeah and I think you know the it was kind of like a forced rest and at first Mm. I suppose there was that frustration of just getting the year rolling again and and kind of losing an amazing season um but I think the rest is sometimes good you know mentally and physically um it wasn't easy of course and we all had to adapt in ways that we never probably ever ever imagined we'd have to but I think you're right. It kind of it hits a reset button, and sometimes that's great as a dancer to be forced to have that time. Like with an injury, there's that frustration, but you can hit a reset, and sometimes it's a great thing. And you know, I guess essentially a lot of us have gained another year. You know, yeah. and it's it is it is exciting to get back, and it's all new and fresh, and and um, yeah, we're we're in the depths of a Sydney season, and it just it's like that's so far behind us now. Like, so <laughs> it didn't happen. Like what's COVID? Like <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Well, not quite yet, but yeah, like it's kind yeah. of going that way. You know what I mean? <laughs> so now, now you have all of this structure. What's your kind of typical morning routine like? I guess throwback to 2019, and now, <laughs> what is it like? Yeah. Well, I've got two kids, obviously. So I have a, a school child. So Willow is in grade one. So her first year was all remote learning and online, which oh, is crazy. Wow. Um, so I became a school teacher essentially in COVID. No, not really, but, um, <laughs> you know, a little bit. Um, and then I have Phoenix, who's nearly two. So our mornings are pretty precious. You know, yeah. it's like we, we wake up and, um, I mean, Phoenix has been doing some 5 a.m.ers here, which is crazy. But um, anyway, it, it gives us time in the morning. Yeah. But, but we're all 
up and you know have a play and um have breakfast and and then it's kind of Jared and I while we're in Sydney we just get ready and we have the nanny come to the apartment while we walk to the opera house and it always starts with our daily class which is great we're either in the rehearsal studio or up on stage um and then we go into or at the moment we're rehearsing for our next season so our next season up here is called counterpoint so we're rehearsing that during the day and generally you finish about three o'clock and you have that kind of mid-afternoon break and that weird time of like do I have lunch but dinner but what do we call that you know like it's three o'clock yeah maybe Um, and then you know just like there's time to kind of do treatment or pilates or just have a break you know before the night show our shows here start at 7 30 generally so we have a bar at 6 30 till 7 and then you know the last thing lipstick perfume costume all of that kind of thing and curtain up at 7 30 and it's it's a triple bill so it's not too late um and as you know, they're not like hour-long pieces. We're yeah. doing at the moment opening the program with Serenade, Balanchine oh, with Serenade. Okay. Then we've got a new work by Pam Tanowitz, and then we're finishing with Four Temperaments, which is also Balanchine. Oh, so um, it's not a super late night, yeah. but that's been one of the biggest adjustments for us, I think, coming back into the performances is, you know, I was like a granny Annie, you know, <laughs> going to bed and like, oh, 9 o'clock, COVID, you know. But we're still on stage at 9 o'clock, so it's like, oh, I've got to be with it, you know, and I've got to be on the game. So that adjusting period has been really interesting. Like I've never, I I guess I filled my sleep tank up, you know, with all those years of late nights and we're not early mornings because we start at 1030. But um, yeah, that's been a real adjustment for me is like, oh my God, the late nights again. Like I look at the clock, I'm like, it's midnight. What am I doing up, you know? But it's like that high after a show and that yeah. wind down and I want to have something to eat. I want to put my feet up and watch some mind-numbing TV, you know. Yeah. So um, it's midnight and then to bed I go. So And then it happens all again for another six weeks we're up here. So, yeah. <laughs> wow, that's amazing though. And do you, because you don't perform on Sundays, right? No. No Sunday shows, yeah. So yeah what, so that's, what would that's you better. say your Sunday routine is? Do you really focus on relaxing and recovering and spending family time yeah I think it's more just about the family time because um there are some days where we see them you know Willow and Phoenix in the morning but then maybe the rehearsals go a little bit later because we've got an overtime or maybe we've got a really big show so we only really have an hour and sometimes it's worse to come home and kind of unsettle things and then rush back and also too you want to save your legs a little bit so um yeah Sundays come and it's like it's all about them and just spending time with them um you know we spent the morning at the movies last Sunday and then we went and had sushi and dumplings and just it's kind of all about them or you know we're kind of guided by what they want what they want to do they're also tired by the end of the week too so um, (laughs) Yeah, yeah online learning. Yeah, <laughs> the little brains, you know. <laughs> so yeah, it really depends. And then sometimes when we're back in Melbourne, it's just like we don't get out of our PJs until like midday. And yeah. so we, we kind of just go with the flow. Um, obviously, there's always times where you, you have some set things or families coming to visit or we visit family in the country. But a lot of, a lot of the time it's just um, about them and what they need and, and what we need as a little family. 
Oh, that's lovely. That sounds nice. And now I want to go right back to the beginning of how you actually got started into ballet as so many people love to know like how you got to where you are and, you know, how you became principal artist of yeah, the Italian yeah. ballet. So let's go well, from the beginning. Well, it's a wild ride. <laughs> <laughs> it's in your mind back a very long way. So um. <laughs> I'm a country kid, so I I was born in a small country town in Victoria called Ararat, and, you know, it was kind of, at that point, it was very, you know, football ballet or football dance, you know, and and times have absolutely changed, and who does the football, who does the dance and all the ballet, which is great. Um, But at that time, it was kind of more just the girls were doing, doing the dance classes, and it's my sisters and I, so I have two other sisters, and we just started in, you know, fairy dance class, tap, jazz, ballet. And and ballet wasn't something that I, like, fell in love with straight away, obviously at, like, three and a half, four. It probably took until I was about 10, and there was something about it, I think, that was, like, you know, I, I'm passionate about this, and, and something kind of clicked. Yeah. So... It started to kind of, yeah, from there I was like, oh, like I feel like I want to do more of this and how how do I do more of this? So we did competitions and I loved them. Like, yeah. I loved competitions. <laughs> it's like competition kids, you know, and I feel I have my beautiful friend Adam Bull here who I met through competitions and we're dancing together as principal artists. So That's amazing. You, friends, you know. Yeah. So, um. Yeah, and then my mum met a beautiful teacher who has a ballet school uh, in Ballarat, which is an hour away, Carol Oliver, and we decided that we would try there once a week and then it was twice a week and then it was four times a week and then it just, you know. And so that was amazing. She took me on and took me under her wing and um, her training was beautiful. I went into the Shiketti method. Um, I did my exams with her and still did the competitions and all of that, but she then introduced me to the world of the Australian Ballet School and they had the associate program. Yeah. So that was kind of where then that next kind of bit of, you know, drive happened. And I did the associate program on a Saturday and then they did a Wednesday and Saturday. And then it was, I think you should audition for the ballet school. And, and I was a bit young. You? How old were About you? About 14 at that point. Okay. Yeah. And um, they generally, well, now they're taking them a little earlier, a little younger, I should say. Um, So I auditioned, not expecting to be accepted because I was a bit younger. Um, But I found a place, which is amazing. So 15, I moved down to Melbourne and I joined my my other, I think it was 21 of us um, in, in the women's and then the men and we started first year together and it was at that point it was just a three-year course so I went through first second and third year and I graduated and I was accepted into the Australian Ballet Company and I've been there for 20 years now so yeah it's kind of I mean in a nutshell you know but like we're we're kind of talking about 25 years of my life I suppose (laughs) Um, it always sounds um, easier but I'm sure there was There was definitely definitely some ups and downs. It wasn't all smooth sailing. Um, <laughs> but, you know, that's kind of like the, the basic kind of ride to, yeah. to where I am now. That's um, incredible. Yeah, I've been a 
And how how old were you when you were accepted into the company? Like young. So I was I turned 18 in okay. August in in my final year at the ballet school. So I turned 19 in my first year at the company. Okay. Um, which I think is pretty normal now. Um, yeah, it doesn't yeah. Seem to be, you know, there's we're quite a young company at the moment too. So um yeah, and here I am, still here and um <laughs> thriving. You know, survived a COVID and two babies and yeah. <laughs> That's so incredible. And now going back to kind of those teenage years, I know a lot of questions were submitted saying that those years are hardest for them. And what is some advice you would give to kind of a younger dancer, maybe going through some struggles? Um, I know teenage years are always the hardest. So would you have yeah, any yeah. advice for that? I think for me all along, it's been about having a really good support team or system, you know, it's like you, uh, and I, and I think the thing is you're sometimes at such a young age put in a room with everyone that has the same passion and drive as you. And, and I think most of the time it's quite healthy competition. And like I said to you before, you meet lifelong friends who you go through the ballet school with, and then the company life with and ups and downs and, and a real deep understanding. So I think no matter what, there's always a deep understanding of, of you know, either your colleagues in a company or you, your students, you know, your friends in, in a school. So I really think it's about the support you have around you. Um, and, you know, it's that thing of, I, I really believe that you kind of attract the people that you need in your life. You know, it, it's all about your personality and, and the vibe you give off. We'll, we'll attract the right people and we'll be challenged by people along the way. Of course. But, yeah. You know, you, you'll have that support then to, to kind of, you know, guide you through and help you and be a soundboard or a shoulder to cry on. And, and my mum's definitely been that for me. Um, but I, I, I really have beautiful friends that I have met and have been the rock when things, you know, the wheels started to fall off at points or I found times hard or even just in life, not even necessarily in ballet, but, you know, having, having lost people and, and them being there and, you know, having that support to help you. And, um, and I see it now in the company and still feel that, you know, and I, I really do remember how it felt to be a first year in the company and, and some of our beautiful company members spent the whole first year in COVID. You know, so essentially it's their second year, but it's really only their first year. And it's it's quite a, a crazy kind of mental place to be in. So I really, in a, in a nutshell, I, I really think that the support you have around you is absolute key. So true. I love what you said about like it, you attract the people you need. I think that's so true. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, you don't need millions of people. No, you, you know, yeah. I mean, we're in a pretty big company and we're yes. all kind of, you know, supportive of each other. And you're so happy to lock eyes with all the beautiful core members when you're doing the role in the middle and freaking out and they look at you and smile. And, but, you know, you'll have your few that, um, you yeah. know, are your really tight groups. And that's so important, you know, to, to have for sure. So, so true. And now, you were saying about the first year in a company. What was that kind of like for you? Because I know the dynamic always would definitely change from school to company life. So how did you kind of adjust to that? 
It's a real adjustment period. Mm. I, I think for me personally it was, you know, as, as a student. And you get a small taste of it actually at the Australian Ballet School. We did what they called the dancers tour and now it's called the regional tour. So you get a taste of that kind of company life in small doses in your, in your graduating year. Um, but I think the adjustment is um, the focus and, and there's that shift in you, your daily routine. Like it's the priority is, of course, getting ready for class and rehearsals, but it's the performances. Your yeah. year is all about performing. And in the ballet school, it's not, you know, you kind of go nine to five around that yeah. kind of mark. And then you'll get the end of year performance or you'll get a, few, a handful of performances. So I found that shift and that kind of adjustment really, really hard. And just that the structure of your day is so different mm-hmm. and it's kind of daunting, you know, and, and it can kind of freak you out a lot. But I think for anyone, you know, stepping into, you know, that kind of from that student world into, into that professional world, just allow yourself to take the time. And it does take time. I think if you spoke to everyone, it'd be like, it's an adjusting period. Yeah. <laughs> it takes time. you know and and it's like and that's okay um but you find your way and then it changes and it shifts and depending on how busy you are and what you're doing and and all of that you know um there's so many shifts throughout your career yeah so uh don't be worried about the big adjustment (laughs) (laughs) when you when you like got into the company and how was that kind of going from the core and then kind of being like assessing the goals of the next step because a huge milestone is obviously getting into a company but when was that point where you were like okay how can I kind of progress from there well I think it kind of goes back to what I was saying about being in a classroom full of people that are just passionate and driven and and Mm -hmm. all kind of you know basically aiming aiming for that you know it's that whole thing of I want to be better than I was yesterday and I want to do what she did or I want to try that or I need to fix this about me or just Mm -hmm. always raising the bar and I think that kind of happens in the company I got in with nine others so our year was quite big and I've always loved like I had Lana Gordiello, Lana Jones and I had Adam Bull and, you know, they had a really like quite a, well, a quite a quick ride up to, yeah. to Princeton. And it was amazing to see how they handled themselves in roles that were thrown at them and at such a young age and yeah. just how they grabbed it. And it's inspiring, you know, and it's like because they were such close friends, it was nothing but just genuine kind of you know, like support and, and they inspired me. So I think there's always a bit of that kind of like, going, Ooh, I, I like want to give that a go. And, yeah. you know, I think I want to do that and I'm going to work a bit harder and I'm going to aim for this now. And so you'll have your little baby kind of goals and, and little milestones yeah. within yourself, I think on a day-to-day basis, but then, you know, you kind of seeing people like that, that you get into the company with, or maybe that you've looked up to for years, peeking through the windows at the yeah. ballet school. And then you're finally in with them. And it's a really inspiring kind of, it's a crazy environment. So mm-hmm. I think that kind of kept me going. And then, you know, you get your first kind of featured role. And then that's like, oh my God, I think I want more now, yeah. you know, and like not being greedy, but just no. being like driven and like so, so inspired by motivated. it. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Um, so I think that kind of just 
happened. And then I got my promotion nine years in. I, I went from the quarter ballet to a corifee, which is like, I suppose, the lead quarter ballet. Um, and then I was promoted to soloist um, in one of our seasons that I was dancing with Lana, actually. And so as a soloist for a year, so that was quite quick. Um, and I got promoted to senior artist then. But then I sat at senior artist for seven years. Mm-hmm. And it, in, in those seven years, it was amazing because I was, I was fed roles that I'd always kind of dreamt of or was like, mm-hmm. I want to be challenged by that role. Like, I've got to do that. And yeah. I, I was getting those, you know. But then it was like, but I'm so close. Like, could I aim to be a principal artist? Like, is that something that I can do now? Oh, my God. Like, because it had taken quite a while for me to get to senior artist, I, sure. I hadn't really... I'd had moments where I was like, no, I'm, I can do this. Like, I'm going to get to the top, you know, like I should just aim for it and dream for it. But then I was like, ship has sailed and I just let it go, you know, like, so I was yeah, a bit like, yeah. over like seven years. And then within that seven years, obviously I had Willow because I was like, I got married and I was like, I want a baby and <laughs> yeah, yeah. life was over. Um, so yeah, it was kind of, it was wild and yeah, then I I came back and from Willow and four and a half years kind of went by with some of the most amazing repertoire challenges and roles and just career highlights. But then it started to plateau again. So I started to question yeah. what I wanted yeah. and where I wanted to be and, and do I want to keep pushing it? And am I ever going to be a principal? Do I just have to be okay with the roles I'm getting? And so, you know, there's there's talks that happen with your boss and all of that kind of thing. And it was frustrating and, you know, there was tears. And mm-hmm. I was like, but I, want, I, I, I want more. Like, I, I'm really, I'm committed to this, you know. Yeah. And um, like, why won't I ever do that role? Like, I, I want to do that. So it was like, it, you know, it goes a bit back and forth as well. Sure. And time then kind of happened and I'd really let go of becoming a principal artist, you know, and it was a bit hard to swallow at first. Like it was Mm. kind of a bit like, oh, bugger, this isn't going to happen for me. And then I was like, that's okay. I'm being fulfilled with roles and I've got to be okay with that. And it's my choice to stay here or it's my choice to go or finish up, you know? And then you kind of forget about it. And then all of a sudden Spartacus came and opening night happened and it was a world premiere so David walked out onto stage, you know, as he's done in the past and we did the yes campaign and we've done other big premieres where he comes out or if we're, you know, doing something that involves the audience and, and donations. And he talked about Lucas Jervis, you know, doing oh, yeah. this work in ballet and, and talked about it was his first full length. And we've got the beautiful Robin Hendricks as Flavia and Kevin Jackson as Spartacus and uh, Ty Kingwall, who was my partner. And um, then he said, and our newest principal artist is Amy Harris. And I was just like, like, it, it's one of those moments where like, you know, when you, it's like, everything kind of stops and I couldn't hear any, like, like oh. it was so, so strange. And I see my husband and my daughter walking on stage and yes, yeah, so there was tears. I could barely see anything. I think cause oh it was like blurry eyed and that lump in your throat and, and it happened, you know, um, wow. then I was pregnant with Phoenix. So that kind of all, <laughs> all happened. Wow. Um, and I, 
I got back from Phoenix and I did three amazing shows um, in our vault season in Melbourne at the Art Centre and then COVID hit. And so then I had another year <laughs> off. <laughs> but now, now we're back and I've done some beautiful roles already. I took on the role of Nakia in Vida for summertime and obviously the Patadoran theme and variations. And now we're here in Sydney and we're in, you know, what is somewhat as we knew it back in 2019, our normal Sydney season. So that's kind of how we're talking before about I did this and I did this and I did this and now we're kind of coming in the gaps of <laughs> what what happened. Um, but that yeah, did. it's not it's not rosy. Yes, of course. That's oh that that story literally gave me goosebumps. <laughs> not even joking. <laughs> like I had no idea. Like that's so incredible, and I feel like going back to what you were talking about, like that inner dialogue of you being like, oh, I'm going to go for this. Actually, I don't know if I can. And then I don't know if I want to. Like, I feel like that yeah. happens so much for a dancer throughout their career. Like, obviously at that point for you was like, obviously really loud in a dialogue, but I feel like that's always kind of happening in the back. Absolutely. How yeah, did you, yeah. What was your main thing to kind of, deal with that and it was almost like when you said you kind of released and you like just let everything happen and it kind of happened in a sense mm. well I think you know naturally as a dancer you, you like you said you've always got a bit of an inner dialogue mm. and I always say sometimes I've got like the, the you know the angel and the devil yes. talking to me and, and it's a lot of pep talking you know and and I, we, we always joke well not always but there's sometimes where we joke and I'm like imagine if you like tapped in and like people could hear what you're saying to yourself on a day-to-day basis in class on stage like the things I say to myself I'm like you've got this you can do this like it's yeah. crazy talk, you know yeah. but um I think it's it's all about you know and and maybe this really kind of came from the year that was 2020 was just allowing yourself to kind of I think feel how you're feeling you know I think if anything it's taught us to just not soldier on you know I don't think we can kind of have that attitude anymore about soldiering on we can get on with things but I I don't think it's about just brushing it under the carpet. I think you've got to allow yourself to feel, you've got to allow yourself to cry, you've got to allow yourself to be happy, whatever it is. Um, and I don't know, I feel like as dancers, and it, I think it probably happens around the world, you're just so quick with like being on that wheel and the wheel just keeps on turning and we don't necessarily deal with things that we maybe should or maybe you know, you don't have that time because it's like, I've got rehearsal. I've got to get on with the show. Yeah, I've got to do that again. You know, so I think last year taught me a bit of just stop and mm. just go with the flow. And and my motivation went up and down throughout last year and my my thoughts kind of, you know, and my my I didn't have that inspiration of all my colleagues around me. And so I was like, oh, you know, but I just let myself feel and then I got on with it rather than, carrying all that weight all of the time it's so hard to just keep on going so I think that's that's basically like when you're talking about that inner dialogue is just kind of let it happen and let it 
kind of come out in a way and 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 deal with it don't just keep sweeping <laughs> under that carpet so, and it's so easy to do that like as dancers like on our, on, our, it is. on our regular schedule we're just like oh I would just so point choose now I'll do this I'll do this I'll do Pilates yeah. like I won't actually think about what I'm thinking about <laughs> I think that's what I find hardest too. Like the other day I came home and and I did have a break in the afternoon and Phoenix was sleeping like he is now. And I had Will at home and, and our nanny left. And I had a moment of like, just stop, like stop thinking about the show. You have at least three hours where you can be so present with your daughter. Yeah. She needs this, yeah. you need this, you know. And, and I really like for the first time probably in a while because we haven't been on tour, I actually was like, oh, my God, I'm feeling this way and I acknowledged it and I was like, you you don't need to be like that. It's okay. Like when you go into the theatre and you have two hours before the show, that's when you prep. Yeah. Like what you do now yeah. is not going to affect how, like, how you do the show, you know? So I was like, stop, okay, forget about it, shake it off, don't need to worry about it. I'll worry about that at 5 o'clock when I go into the theatre and I'm doing my hair and my makeup and I go into warm-up bar. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's been interesting having, having kids and yeah. making sure that you are really present. And I suppose I've said it before, but, like, having my mummy hat on and then having my ballerina hat on and just yeah. being able to do that, which once upon a time I couldn't do I'd wake up in the morning worrying about 7 30 in the show that I was doing that night mm. so it was on that kind of I guess vicious cycle <laughs> yeah I guess like COVID must have kind of been a good time as well because you could kind of take that extra time to almost yeah. as you said like just be more present with like what's actually happening in the moment yeah 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 absolutely and and I think we all benefited from that you know mm. I know I certainly did and um it was out of our hands like everyone everything was so unknown and so I had my daily class and I could go for a walk or I could go for a run or you know spend the afternoon with my kids on the floor doing silly things puzzles whatever it was that we wanted to do mm. and not feel guilty about it it was what it was and I would address what I needed to do this year when we got into this year, you know. So it was kind of moments where I just had to stop, pause and be like, Ames, like, forget about it. Like, you know, and, and we knew pretty early on that our season was cancelled. Like our year was, mm. was done. Um, and so I think in some ways it was probably a good thing to just be like, it's done. There is nothing you can do about it. Yeah. This is what you are offered on a day-to-day basis. That's all you can do mm. when we get in next year, start again. And yeah. we all did that, you know. So, um, yeah, it was it was a good thing for us. Many silver linings. Yes, definitely. definitely. <laughs> like everything comes with pros and cons, I think. Absolutely, yes. Now, how has the transition been? Because there was a change of directors from David McAllister to David Horberg now. How, how's it yeah. going? What is the daily life different or? Well, you know what? I think it's that thing of bloody COVID. It keeps coming up in conversation, doesn't it? Um, <laughs> why are we giving it time? No, I, um, I think crazily that year made it somewhat like just kind of happen and it not feel too like whoa you know what I mean like David David McAllister's 
my first boss and I've only ever had him. So for 19 years, I had, I had him, but then of course, last year being what it was, it almost allowed that to kind of sadly, like David kind of, that was his last year and, and he kind of went and then David came in. So it, it wasn't, in a, in a drastic kind of way at all because we just weren't in the ballet centre and doing the day-to-day. Day. Yeah, yeah. So it kind of just switched and it's happened and it's and it's going. And yeah. in terms of structure and all of that, our day-to-day uh, structure hasn't changed at all. Right. Um, the only thing for me that I think has probably changed is we're doing repertoire that I have not necessarily done in the last 20 years. So that's kind of exciting and fresh. Yeah. That, and you know yeah. what it's like. There's so many ballets out there oh, that yeah. I know that there'll be you know, the, all these ones on my bucket list that I'll never get to do because there's just so many, you can't possibly do them all. But that's kind of exciting, you know, coming back in and going, oh my God, I've been dancing for this long and I haven't done this ballet. Like what? <laughs> um, but yeah, in terms of the transition and the change, it's like, yeah, I think, I think 2020 kind of just allowed, allowed it to happen. And um, it kind of just is just rolling on. <laughs> So true, so true. Now, I think I've got one last question, which is Mm -hmm. I like to ask every guest I have on because I really love this question, and it is what makes you feel most confident in your skin? That's a tough one. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's such a tricky one, isn't it? You know, like I feel I feel as a dancer being in front of a mirror from whatever age for however long for however many years you can get really judgy of yourself and you're out of shell you know like and you don't mean to be but it's art and it's all about aesthetics and it's about line and it's about you know and you're kind of always like I want that I want that and I want you know but as time's gone on I think you start to realize you know that you are who you are and and you got to kind of stop and be like I've come a really long way and I am where I am because I deserve to be that way you know I deserve to be here and so I've kind of I suppose maybe since becoming a mom just dropped all of that kind of just the outer and that judgy kind of stage and I guess I feel I just feel most confident when I suppose I'm around my kids and just in my own skin and just being me and and I suppose just doing what I do best and I I I do feel really confident being a mom and so I feel it probably just feels like me and you, you know what I mean? Like it's a really tricky one to pinpoint a moment, but um, yeah, as a dancer, that's a tricky question. <laughs> it's so right. What you said, like, it's so interesting. Like it's almost like you forget about the ego more now. Like you're not yeah. so, so like focused on like external appearances and everything, which really no. at the end of the day, like, you're going to feel so much more confident if you rely on like your being as a person. That's right. And, and, you know, like I, I do like to believe I've got a really kind heart and, you know, and, and I've got people around me that constantly fill my heart with joy and, you know, so it's like, 
I think that's just it, isn't it? And yeah. and you kind of like, you know, note to your younger self, this is what you, you know, or I'd like to pass this on to the younger dancers of the company. And um, but it's very hard to just kind of, you know, like, you know, it's like I can say it, but <laughs> it's like putting it into play, you know, and even still, every, like, you know, everyone has their days where it's oh. a good day or a bad day or, you know, so, but mostly now I, I think, yeah, I can be okay. And just, I think when I'm being around, around my kids and mm-hmm. just being me, you know, I just, that's me, my own skin, I'm confident and happy and just, I do feel really lucky. Oh, that's, you do have a kind heart, 100%. <laughs> Thank I you. like your amazing energy. It's, it's so good. It's so good. <laughs> so good to talk to someone like so positive and, and like so humble yet done incredible things. So. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I mean, you know, it's, um, you, you, you know, like, you know, it's a wild ride and um, I think it can, it can affect you for, for quite some time, but um, right back from the beginning of our conversation, it's about that support team and system you have around you. And it's so, so important. And I think probably crucial to have, um, it's a tough old career, you know, and um, even when you, you may feel that people are just going like this and bypassing you, but even they have their hiccups or they have their, insecurities or their doubts or their weaknesses or their strengths or whatever so um yeah it's um you know you get there in the end (laughs) and I like to try and not push it on on the younger dancers but I like to support them you know it's like um and they haven't necessarily seen you know the hard kind of 10 years that I had at the start of my career and um it's not that I like to sit them down and be like, let me tell you a story. Um, <laughs> but I, I like to just, you know, like wise old me. But I like to kind of, you know, say like what we're talking about. Let you just you let yourself feel like if you're, if you're feeling like that, just let it be that way. And we don't have to always put on that brave face. Um, you got to let it out and have an ugly shower cry once in a while because it's good for us. I think everyone secretly does, right? <laughs> I actually, I actually, if I'm going to have a shower cry, I put on like a sad music playlist and I just like. <laughs> you go all out. Go yeah, all out. Totally. you got to go all out. You can't hold back. And then you get the tub of ice cream and you sit there just eating out of the tub, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, you've got to do it. You've got to do it. You've got to live life, right? Exactly. You've got to feel. Exactly. Uh, Well, thank you so, so much, Amy, for coming on today. I've had the best time and I hope everyone listening has enjoyed as well as much as I have. So, yeah, thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to my banter. (laughs) Thank you. Okay, guys, that is a wrap for today's episode. Now, I really hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Amy is such a lovely person and so humble, yet so hardworking. Thank you guys again. And don't forget to follow us on social media and share it if you liked it. Thank you, guys. Lots of love, Audrey.